Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of Coffee with Kathy and Claire. I'm Kathy, and I'm Claire, and this podcast is all about sharing our own personal experiences and struggles with modern day parenting, and having a few laughs along the way. This show is for everyone: mums, dads, grandparents, foster parents, adoptees, everyone. It's an outlet for all your struggles and to know that you are not alone. So pop us on your Bluetooth in your car, headphones in while you're going for a walk or do what I do and wear headphones while I tackle that never-ending pile of laundry. Or just take the load off and have a coffee with Kathy and Claire. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee with Kathy and Claire. I'm Kathy, And I'm Claire. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and... This episode, we are right smack bang in the middle of our school holidays. Mm. So it has been a challenge to be able to find the time this week due to the fact that we've had the kids home um, and we are here. Yes. We're here. And also I think the kids are just burnt out at this stage, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I know mine are. Well, my son. Well, they are burned <laughs> out. Like you get to the end of 10 weeks of school mm. and... They're cranky, they're tired, they want that, that downtime, but then they're like, hey, it's school holidays. Yeah. Let's let rip. Although my poor son's still in vacation care. <laughs> oh, but like got, it's still, it's still, you know, it is a burnout for sure. I still have Harry in like long daycare. Yeah. Um, he, like, he loves it there mm-hmm. and he needs that consistency. So rather than having him off board. Yeah. I'm the same as an island. You know what she's like? She's, she's. She's basically the biggest two-year-old diva you're ever going to meet in your life. At the moment, she's got pink hair, thanks yes, for her, Auntie Emma. It's amazing, saw, though. It's her so and cute. her cousin, pink hair crew. Cutest little pink hair. <laughs> so cute. Cutest hair. Yeah. But, um, I mean, like, we have, have, have had a few friends mm-hmm. reach out to me lately that, you know, everybody's struggling at the moment. I think it's, you know, also a little bit of seasonal depression. Yeah, where, the weather. Where we're only really just starting winter. Are we? I thought we were getting yeah. the end of it. We're, well, we're <laughs> kind of in the middle. Yeah. But it was a late middle. start, I think. So Yeah. Um, and also it's not really made its mind out because the one minute you've got, you know, you're freezing and you're like, oh, you're just moaning about how it's cold. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's stripping off. Yeah, it's like it's, it's weird. It's spring, but it's not spring. Yeah, it's so it's weird. it's cold and... You know, so everyone's going from heating to cold Sad hair to disease. heating to cold yeah. hair, eating to cold hair. Mm-hmm. So, hair? Air. Air. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, some of my friends have new babies and yeah. they're older moms. So, mm-hmm. moms? Jeez, what's going on? Don't know. <laughs> uh, so, they're older moms. Older moms. And, like, one of my lovely friends, um, she reached out to the, the wider community yeah. the other day on, on their uh, Facebook and they were asking about, you know, how to help babies sleep. Babies had a lot of, like, colic, yeah. things like that. And it's it's nice that they thought to open up. And um, hopefully some of their tips helps. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like if babies got bubbles in their belly, you can do a particular massage with their legs, like cycling their legs and things and helping the, yeah, I used to do the that bubbles, a lot. you know, move around. And, like, um, like Infoco helps a lot as yeah. well. And, you know, you just got to... Sometimes, even if you're living a holistic lifestyle, you've got to... Find what works for you. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's funny as well, isn't it? Because in, in all honesty, it all depends on what part of parenting you find difficult. So for me, the baby stages were breezed. Yeah. Easy peasy. Give me a newborn. I found that part really unchallenging. I found it very, very natural, cruisy, with both the kids. But, you know, with my son, for example, the age of sort of like I'd say three where the challenges started happening you know where it it did become quite difficult um and as you know we've done both of us do a lot of research into parenting things that help us out um and one of them things would be you know I signed up for an online conference which was called happy family and it's run by a couple um cecilia heike and jason heike i think they're called anyway it was really interesting and very very well structured but one of the things i i got out of the conference and i think would help for everybody is self-compassion and how self-compassion can make us better parents and there's a really good um um, I, I think she may be a psychiatrist uh, and, and a mindful and self-compassion psychiatrist as well. So her name's Christine. I've, the, the surname 
drives through me but she's she's a fantastic psychologist oh christine neff that's it so dr christine neff and she has an autistic child and she just talks about the importance of looking after herself to be able to bring the best to her parenting and it was a really interesting part of the conference for me Mm -hmm. see i i find that a lot of us go into uh sensory overload yeah um so i just want to quickly mention that yeah which Um, is which is what happened and i found this amazing little like meme from um psyched mummy at psyched mummy with m-o-m-m-y and she posted you know these thoughts that go through your head when you are um, overloaded overloaded as Mm -hmm. a parent so you got sensory overload as a kid that's you know it could be too much noise not enough noise it could be too many people yeah um not having a safe people around things like that sensory overload um, you know, sometimes you can see it coming, sometimes you don't. Sometimes yeah, it hits you down. like a brick, right. Yeah, yeah, sometimes they melt down, sometimes they want to just, like, withdraw. And that's what happens for parents as well. And, like, if you have experienced some of these, I want we want to hear from you as well. So, basically, sensory overload parent edition, um, one of the thoughts was, I can't take a call when all I can hear is my kids arguing in the background. Mm-hmm. So if they're being too loud, you can't concentrate on the person on the phone. Yeah. Um, I can't unsee the mess in my home. Yeah. So once you see that it's messy, it's going to be there in the back of your head going, oh, my God. It makes you wait. really – I mean, I'm, I would be one of that. Mm-hmm. It makes me really yeah. anxious. Yep. And then they have uh, – there are toys scattered everywhere and I can't ignore it. Um, my, my kids are at the time, at the age now where, you know, you sing the clean-up song and they'll pick it up. It's like they're a sleeper agent. You know, you start yeah. singing clean, clean up, up the clean-up. Everybody. We can do it better. Yeah, yeah. And it's clean up, clean up, everybody clean up. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, it's one of the ones mm. they sing in, in daycare and stuff. Oh, okay. And they're like, they're a sleeper agent. And they're like, okay, let's start cleaning up. And we're like, Whoa. yeah. Um, I'm having a hard time focusing with all of the stimulation sounds. I get this. So if it's too loud in the house. Like the TV just being too loud. I will get that. Mm-hmm. TV, um, radio on in the background. You know when the power goes off, you don't realise how much noise is in your house until there's no power. Yeah, it's funny actually because sometimes I do just have nothing on when I've got the house to yeah. myself so I can understand that and it's it's like, it's kind of a nice feeling to just not have all of that sound, yeah. Yeah, N- another one is, does the TV have to be up so loud? Oh, I get that so yep. often. Mm-hmm. Um, is it really hot in here or is it just me? <laughs> or is that the hot flushes? <laughs> hot flushes, too cold. Like yeah, season, hot and cold, yeah. This season, it. you know, I've lost a little bit of weight. But this season, I can't get warm. Yeah. Like, I'm wearing tights under tights. Yeah, whereas I'm the opposite. I'm kind of like, my feet get cold. Yeah. And, my, and, and funny enough, the end of my nose. <laughs> my hands, and then I have a feeling like through my legs that like cold shiver yeah. type thing. So it's hard. It's body like, temperature, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to like. I'm I'm sleeping in full pajamas mm-hmm. this year, and it's that's not a thing I do. Mm-hmm. So, um, everyone wants to be physically close to me, and I need some space. Do you know what that one is really for me? Like, for example, sometimes when I lay there with my son, and he's like, say he's ill, yeah. and then he's like, snot's getting on my arm because he's getting really close to me. Like the feels that I get, and I feel so bad because like, I'm like. <gasps> Yeah, like, don't touch me. Yeah. Leave me alone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When really he needs me. So, well, you know. I have to but leave. Yeah, I can have an oversense doing that. Last night, it took Harry an hour and a half to go to sleep from the time it was time to lie down. Mm. And all he wanted to do was put his arms around my neck and pull my head down onto his chest. Yeah. And I know he needed that closeness and cuddles. But it's hard. What he was also doing is going to sleep and then. <gasps> jerking himself awake so he's yeah. keeping himself awake to spend the time and like whilst i appreciate the fact that he wanted to stay awake with me yeah he needed to go to sleep so mm-hmm. i could get stuff done yeah, exactly um and the last one is what's that smell i can't find the source oh, of it i do this all the time the all the time so that might be sometimes the dirty nappies that are in the bin that i haven't yet taken oh. out but yeah i do it often yeah sometimes it's the bin sometimes it might be something that's spilled yeah and you just the coffee yeah. machine or, or sometimes it's not even real yeah you know or there's no smell you ask someone else you go can you smell that no i can't smell nothing <laughs> you're like making up smells in your or head because you're overloaded like yeah. it's the fridge you might have some uncovered onions or something in the yeah fridge oh like, yeah what it's is that crazy. or the worst is when yeah. you can't find a bottle and you know there's a skanky musty crusty bottle mm. 
baby bottle full of milk somewhere and you can smell it but you can't see that it. has happened to me in, in 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 the baby's cot actually and i'm like oh, what's that smell in the room and then like when i've changed the bed i found it's it cheese. sort of under yeah it's like oh yeah she's Ugh. brewing her own cheese yeah you just throw the bottle away at that point oh yeah um, and then the other one is like potatoes potatoes so like in the bottom yeah potatoes again <laughs> but you know like in like a big big bag of potatoes oh that might be the or... smell that's in my cupboard now then <laughs> Like in a big bag of potatoes yeah. or like like when they're, especially when they're like a Sprouting. plastic bag. Like yeah. Not a plastic bag, but like the um, the big paper bag ones. Yeah. Um, they're either at the bottom. They don't smell when they sprout. They're happy when they're sprouting. Oh, they're, it's when they've, yeah, when, when they're, they're dead. There's there's like a mushy one right yeah. at the bottom. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, don't stop. That that makes me feel funny when they yeah. get all soft. <laughs> yeah. And it's, there's just one mushy one in yeah. the bag. So when I, when I buy potatoes, I like to smell the bag. Like, so you know how a lot of them have... Well, <laughs> Just not, see you in the shops. That's yeah. a good potato no, load. No, no, When they're in a bag, in the bag, the plastic bags have the holes punched in them. Yeah. You give it a whiff. And then if you, you oh. know if any of them are going bad. If you can smell dirt, then yeah. that's good. But if you can smell... That's a tip I didn't even know. So I'll be doing that now. If you see me sniffing potatoes in, in coals or wherever, you'll know fetish. why. It's not a fetish, please. Just it's an Auntie Kathy tip. <laughs> it's done. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there are so many struggles and I think that we can be quite mean to ourselves. This is the point. And I think this is what Dr. Kristen Neff was saying in this conference that I was what, you know, listening to. And she's amazing. So she talks about what self-compassion is. And ultimately, it's about being good to ourselves. That's what it's about. It's about ignoring our inner bully. It's about showing our self-compassion in the same way that we would a friend. So I'll give you an example of that. Um, I might... Or you might have a very challenging moment with one of our kids. Yes. Yeah? So, for example, if you was to contact me and say that you was having a challenging moment with with, um, just a challenging day or whatever it may be, whatever the situation may be, how I would talk to you. So, obviously, I would try my best to make you feel that you've done right in that moment. I would show compassion. I would be kind. I would let you know that it was okay. Yes. So essentially what she's saying is this is how we need to talk to ourselves. So when we're in the moment, because obviously you can get a lot of self-help and it will be things like, for example, breathe, breath work, great, meditating, great. But in the moment, you can't just go, hold up a second. I'm just going to go and give myself 10 breaths it doesn't always happen like that yeah you're too busy it's, it's too busy too... and it takes too long to do to 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 basically get yourself into a position where you feel like you can cope so what i think she's trying to say is that in that moment when that time is difficult speak to yourself the way you would speak to kathy when she's having a hard time yeah and she says to use physical touch because basically the nerve endings or whatever you know she has a scientific way of explaining it but if you touch yourself it's the same as being touched by a another person like like hold your own hand yeah hold your own hand hold your own heart hold your own head hold your own wherever you want to hold like if you I like the idea of holding my hand I I, I like that so that's what I've been practicing is holding my own hands but you could hold your heart you could hold your knees if you want it doesn't really matter but the point is is that you physically touch yourself and you talk to yourself the way that you would talk to a good friend or somebody who was in crisis so you do not talk to yourself like a negative Nancy and you do not make yourself feel bad and you do not turn around and say you can't do that because ultimately that's being brutal to you your family your child your soul I have to say I am my own worst bully like my my like I have to physically like think about what I'm going to say to myself like I will look at myself in the mirror and be like oh god and this is what she's saying you need to stop doing and this is what self-compassion is it makes us better parents definitely but it also makes us better humans you know because we often do that's the point we often exclude ourselves when it comes to being compassionate right yeah that's what she's saying we often turn around and we say you're no good or somebody could do it better whatever it may be we do not we shouldn't be doing that to ourselves. We should be treating ourselves a lot better. And we need to not be hard on ourselves because that's essentially what we're doing. We're way too hard on ourselves. This is just human nature. Yeah. And it's rewiring and reconditioning the brain to be able to say that 
you're doing a good job you you know this is a hard and that's what she's saying touch your hands touch that place on your body in that moment and say to yourself in a nice compassionate voice this is a tough moment you're going to get through this this is not everlasting you can move forward you're doing well whatever it is anything while holding yourself and saying you know that you're you're doing you're doing the best you can and allowing that feeling of it being difficult moment momentarily you know does that make sense yeah of course it does and and that's the thing is we need to make sure that we are kinder to ourselves because Mm. everybody is going through crap and yeah you know yes i wouldn't like if you rang me up and said oh my gosh like Mm -hmm. i just want to rip his head off yeah you know not that you've ever said that, but if you just said, if you said, I want to rip his head off, I'm such a but bad there's mother. Been, but we're all human. There's moments where, you know, you do feel like I can't cope. I'd do anything to make this stop right now in this moment. But that's our negative self-sabotaging, self-sacrificing thought process, isn't it? And I guess that the twerk of this self-compassion is to ter- to change that emotion rather than going... I can't do this. This is the worst thing ever. This is the, you know, you're a terrible child. You're a terrible mother. Instead of that narrative going on your head, the self-compassion narrative turns around and it becomes, this is a difficult moment. He's behaving extremely difficult. This must be really hard for you, but this will pass. Yeah. That's the thought. That's the, that's, that's yeah, the simple exactly mindset. Exactly what you would say to your friend. Exactly what yeah. you would say to your friend. Because you wouldn't turn around to your friend and say, you can't do this. No way can you do this. He's awful. Like, you wouldn't do that. Maybe in a sarcastic way to try and, like, make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, but, like, but, not, but in a reality. I would reality. never, ever turn around and say, you are such yeah. a bad mom and how dare you speak to your kids exactly. like that. Or, but it's like, you know, no, you've got to be more kinder to yourself. You exactly. And I this know is... how bad things are going at the moment. You know, you've got to give yourself a bit of grace. Exactly right. And this is the thing that we are not, you know, she talks about the fact that we're we're raised to be self-sacrificing. So we don't generally tend to do all these things that are good for us. So, for example, it's not just about the well-being, which we all know we need to fill our cup. We've, we've, we know that you need the well-being of taking a break, filling your cup. But this is, this is deeper than that. This is about not having self-pity and having compassion. See, rather than self-pity saying that you were raised and conditioned like mm. that that's i think that is and not being that kind of person but i think it is a very feminine thing yeah when you were raised you you see your mom bust in her ass or you know your grandparents yeah i mean i watched both my grandparents this aunties, is so true you know they're yeah. busting their asses um and the women tend to take the mental load and yeah. they are harder on themselves to get everything done. Like, oh, like def- we were saying, when, when we travel, um, you know, we're the ones who have to make sure we have everything. Because if something gets left behind, it's our fault. I mean, I think that the world's sort of starting to change from that mentality. But, I, I mean, you're right. I was raised by essentially losing my mum at nine. We were raised by our grandparents. And they were obviously very much like the woman was the woman. Yeah. You know, they used to have help books for women in the I think 50s of how to treat the man and if you read that book which isn't a whole new episode it's hilarious like the things that was recommended for the women to do so we're conditioned in these ways to 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 you know not have that motivation to be our own friend internally yes it's it's something that is a need for us and it's a need for our kids as well right but we we how can we teach them which is a good point she makes we have to have self-compassion for ourselves to teach our children to be compassionate for themselves and to change that mindset and she's a great advocate for it and i I encourage anyone to look up her work because it is fantastic what she does it certainly helped me um you know i'm still transitioning from a lot from my own trauma into being able to be in better mindsets um, and this is something that I think is just very valuable. Uh, you know, self-compassion mindset is, is very, very valuable because mm. it takes not just from the well-being side, it, it moves into a much deeper surface yeah. for you. And, and, you know, people say it might be like self selfish. You know, yeah. there's that misconception, oh, you know, if you do, you're selfish, but you're not. 
it's not selfish but there's also like you know some people out there and women and men mm. looking at mums who are you know in the middle of the school week yeah they're overloaded with appointments overloaded with the school runs mm -hmm. teachers meetings things like that and then all of a sudden they're like you know what i need to go get my nails done yeah and, so and they walk past the salon and all they see is a woman sitting there on her phone having time out getting her nails done yeah they don't see what's happening in her head they don't see yeah. what's happening behind her you know nail salons hair salons going into a float exactly going, you know someone just you know just sitting there trying to enjoy themselves. Exactly. And then they're like, you know, this might be the first time that year they've had a chance to go and get their hair done. Yeah. And they do. And then they have people walking past the salon going, ugh, you don't do anything. Exactly. And, you know, I think that that focus on yourself and to honour yourself and to know that sometimes you're going through a really hard period, whether you've just had your child having a meltdown or whatever it may be, um, I think that what, what she tries to say is that the support and care for yourself, instead of being 100% attention on your child, feels unnatural. Yeah. But it shouldn't feel unnatural because you should be able to give yourself, whether it be a physical attention, like going for your nails or your hair done, or whether it be more of an internal where you're talking to yourself as if you're your best friend. Go and sit on the beach. Exactly. Whatever whatever puts there. you in flow or fills mm. your cup, do that. When my marriage broke down, mm -hmm. I turned a lot to TikTok and a lot of I made a lot of videos of me just sitting down on the beach. Yeah. I would go down and just film the water. Yeah. And I'd put like overlay quotes and things over the exactly. top. Exactly. And that helped me one help other people, but it also helped me focus on something else. Yeah. Other than what was happening in my life breaking down, I probably should have done more. See, there you go. To be right kind now. to myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably should have been more kind to myself because there were things said and done in that period. Yeah. That I blame myself a lot mm -hmm. for, but. Now I know my marriage breaking down almost had nothing to do with me. Yeah. It was completely external. Mm -hmm. It was it was not that he cheated, nothing nasty happened. We just weren't compatible in those ways, other ways. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but, you know, now I know. And I'm, now I'm two, two and a half years on now and I'm coming to that realisation that it wasn't me. Yeah. You know, and we are co-parenting really well. We're doing our yeah. best to do, you know, live our best life with our kids. We yeah. Com communicate. We make sure we book things in advance together. We make, you know, we still co-habitat. Habitate? Habitat? We still co live. Co-parent, yeah. We, we co-parent, yeah. but we he rents a room for me. Oh, that's so right, yeah. That, you know, um, and we make sure that the kids are happy, but also we take the time for ourselves. Yeah. and and we have and to. Exactly. And if we don't take care of ourselves and, and even honour how frustrating it is as a parent is, is what this this Kristen says, you know, then we're going to act out. So the more we're not taking care of ourselves, essentially, the more we are going to act out. And so, you know, this is the journey that I'm really exploring. And, and don't don't get me wrong, like, I can't always put what I know about this into practice because that's going to take time. So if you're listening, you're thinking, I'm going to give that a go. It is not easy to change what your mind has been set to for however many years, you know. But what I am starting to know is the more support that I can give me and the more that I can give myself compassion and the more that I can try and get rid of ne negative Nancy in my yes. headspace, the better parent I'm going to be, the better per person I'm going to be, the better um, not just mum but partner. You know, it, it works in all aspects of your life. You yeah. can also turn this around to whoever you're you're with or, you know, having that good relationship with yourself essentially means that you are giving out what you're getting. So you're being good to you. You're then putting it out there to, to the universe, right? Yeah. You know? And, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, even she talks, which... She talks about actually one point that really like hit home and I thought, oh my gosh, that's like, you know, that, that would be for her moment. So I'm just trying to get it right in my head what she says. But basically, she has an autistic child and she was um, saying that sometimes she'll go to the park 
for example, and her child will be playing and she will feel sadness because, you know, she often used to get into that headspace where it was like, my kid's not doing that, not interacting, you know, and it becomes really, really hard for her. And then she'd be, she was saying that it was really difficult times, but then the mindset would change and then she'd go, but I don't know that person's story. They could be suffering with mental illness. They could be suffering with a terminal disease, like whatever it is, you know, and then she would able to change her mindset essentially to do again that self-practice of self-compassion. It is, and it is, <clears throat> sorry, it is very um, hard to get out of that mindset though. Yeah. As a, as a mum of an autis- autistic boy myself, yeah. it is very hard because you sit there and you watch them play and you watch them not be able to connect with the kids around them or they refuse to or they try but the other kids don't understand what they're trying to say or do so my son's um non-verbal yeah and his way of trying to connect is coming closer to the child smiling maybe touch them on the arm he's very gentle he's very quiet and a lot of kids are like get out of my space and he doesn't understand that. Yes. He's almost five years old. Yeah. And he's still learning. And the amazing people at school, at kindy, and the amazing people at the daycare are helping him learn how to be social. Yeah, they but are. It's, um, yeah, it's hard not to sit there and be like, what have I done wrong? What can I do better? What, you know, negative, 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 negative. Yeah. And as you're saying, it's, you know, to get out of that and to change your mindset yeah is is important to learn how to do and it is a learned thing you have to teach yourself how to do it and it's habit this is it habit changing the habits and this is why i'm saying anyone who's going to start trying to practice this what we're talking about now to not give up because it is not easy it is not easy to be your own friend (laughs) it's really difficult it's also like those mindfulness cards i gave you and things like that you know sit there in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening before bed and pull a card and read it actually um i'll post this on our page but i've started to do something that i think would be really helpful for a lot of people but it's you know the calendar that you made me buy and it was just like so i've got one in my bedroom and so once a month i've got my july goals but also i do my the card readings so it's a calendar it's very similar to yeah. a large desk mm-hmm. calendar yeah. that goes on your wall. Yeah, and it's I a whiteboard. Take a picture of it. A exactly. Whiteboard it's a whiteboard. And then, like, so, and then I'll take what the guides, for example, were telling me in this card, and I'll write down, okay, so that's my focus for this month. So for this month, it's like ultimately sort of boils down to this, what we're talking about now, not to focus on the negative and just to be kind of focused on the good and being good to yourself because you are having a little bit of trouble aren't you you, you are going through a little bit i'm of going stuff. through yeah I, you know ever since i lost my my nan and i had that realization of the um i was the hierarchy and i guess you know the top of the family tree yes not it's just you, that but actually someone said something really interesting the other day to me which basically was along the lines of um I was sheltered as a child from the death of my mum, which put me into quite a state of, I guess, people taking care of me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really having to take care of other people. Yeah. So since becoming a mum, it's probably when, it, when the triggers started happening is that all of a sudden I was responsible for somebody else because I'd been so protected. You lost your mum at nine. Nine. So and then how old is Jared now? Eight. And then that too. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot going on. But then, so so ultimately, what's happening to me now is I'm transitioning from a girl to a woman. Yeah. And I've just done it very late. So I'm losing, I'm not losing my immaturity, but I'm being taken over by my mature state. And that's really difficult <laughs> when you've been used to being quite immature for your whole life. Then I think that's probably some truth in that. You know, we have to be loving and supportive and nurturing to ourselves do you think because you missed out on a lot of that like i know that the older generation loved love mm. us but their way of showing love and compassion is different they're more of pull your socks up suck it up no i think my mum was actually somewhat well, actually i think she was extremely nurturing and i think she was extremely supportive um and i think that i didn't need to do that to my, for myself because she did it for me mm-hmm. and i think that's probably when the rug was taken from my feet because i lost somebody and it's grief and it is hard mm-hmm. but it's the circle of life and i think i just had in my mindset that i was going to be comfortable with the circle of life but actually i wasn't i was the most uncomfortable i've ever been in my whole life because of the loss of my nan and it, yeah. and it, and it made me have to grow up essentially see i'm i'm 
I'm very I'm the opposite, mm. the exact opposite. I still have two generations above me. Yes. We're the same age, mm-hmm. but I still have an 81-year-old grandma. Yeah. Or nana and my mum and dad. Which is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's and how it's supposed so to be. So I have been very sheltered. I mean, when we lost my granddad almost 10 years ago now, yeah. Um my nana's husband, that was the first time I really was hit by a death, losing somebody. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I've definitely experienced grief and I've been um I think my nan's death has hit me the hardest although I love like dearly my other grandparents they were, you yeah. know they they raised me but my nan essentially was the, the 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 big one that got me and you know I think what's happening you know and I practice this with this self-compassion what we're talking about is we have to be aware of the fact that we're struggling so I think I'm now in that stage of being aware of the struggles and being a human being. Um, and, you know, the fact that our experiences in this world are very different. We talk about this all the time. They're very, very different as opposed to what they were back in the day. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And we could probably talk for, for hours and hours on, on this. Yeah. Um, you know, about how much we can do as a parent for ourselves to put this into practice not just with the breath work or the taking care of yourself but your actual internal voice changing its narrative and that is self-compassion I think that's what she's trying to say yes and I think that um we have had a couple of people who are psychologists and oh we could um, probably get a psychologist on this who who have reached out to us yes about wanting i have to find the post that she actually posted on i know where it is Um, yeah so we can probably look at getting her as one of our first guests we're just trying to get a few episodes under our belt before we start getting guests on because we obviously we are this is a great topic to have a psychiatrist on i'm 100 percent on board with that we are a small podcast at the moment Mm -hmm. and we are looking for um places to be able to host guests yeah we, we have a couple of things in the in the works but we are waiting to hear back on those yeah um but yes once we are all set up where we actually have a proper studio setting mm-hmm. then we will be getting people on or we may even take the interview to them yeah so we will be getting people um in to talk about things exactly and i think like you know what what this Dr. Kirsten is saying, you know, we find safety in our tribe, in our community and things like this, but we also need to find the safety in our own self with this self-compassion. And, you know, we we all have struggles, some more than others, mm. you know. We all have struggles, not just in parenting, but just in adulting and lifing, or even just someone like me who's all of a sudden realising that you're actually an adult, um, which is really difficult. Well, I think you said that the other day. You I know. know. When something goes wrong, you look around for the adult, yeah. and then you realise, shit, I'm the adult. I know. What do I and do? I need to find someone who's a more an adulty adult. Yeah. And it'd be like, It's help. so true. <laughs> like, help me. Who's the adult here? Yeah. And, you know, and naturally, we don't really want to do it. We don't We don't want to grow up, do we? Naturally, we don't. I, no. I, I think and um, this comes back to us saying that anyone between the ages of 30 and 50 have no idea we have what they're no doing. freaking idea what we're we doing. don't no we don't you know we're the generation who grew up without mobile phones we're the ones who you know drank out of the tap before it was you yeah know, out of the hose before they said you couldn't do it anymore yeah you know and 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 come on when street come home when the street lights come on we don't have any other way to contact you just make sure you're home on time exactly and it's almost like what you was just talking about earlier with all of the overload of sensory don't forget we live in an, in a world and I, I don't know the statistics on this or even the time frame but i know that everything went quick you know like oh, yeah. even you know for me for example um Mobile phones, I think I got my first mobile phone at like 17 or something like that. But everything exploded in this technical world. And so what, I think we had like the five channels, we talked about it before. So this overstimulation that we're feeling as adults, can you imagine what our kids are feeling? So this practice in self-compassion, I think will be a real help even maybe with the overstimulation because you're just ultimately going to be kind to yourself. And I feel like we should do loads more on it. Like you know the intention on this this episode is to maybe have this as a foundation but definitely to to do more with it down the track get in somebody who is a um has is, is an expertise in in this area well talking about technology quick google google mm-hmm. with my handheld technological device mm-hmm. okay so in 1885 the first car yeah was there you go made right 
1928, the first rocket was made. Yeah. 1927, TV. 1937, the first computer, like, was made. Massive ones, you know, the ones that would take up a whole house or whole, yeah. you know, city block. Um, 1942, the nuclear power. Yeah. Um, they had 1957, space flight. Yeah. Um, 1974, the first personal computers. Um, that 1974 was also when the internet started to yeah. be developed. Um, and then that didn't really take off until probably like the early 2000s, right? But don't don't forget, like the Google was created in the 90s. So that's what I mean. Anybody... Yeah, in the 90s, because I remember, I remember, I remember it sort of being September 11, and I remember the. Um, Twin Towers yeah. and so you know now everybody's got Google on their own computer at work yeah. but I was working in a travel company and some I think an agent sort of said something to me and then all of a sudden that had happened and yeah. you know I was like whoa okay and we were all watching it around the one computer that had the internet yeah so you know it was it was just sort of kicking off then mine was um, uh, I watched it on TV it was a Tuesday night here mm. I remember because uh, Rove Live was meant to be on and mm-hmm. that's, he's um he's he's back on the project and stuff here in Australia. He's, yeah. he's a funny guy. Um, but I was waiting for that to turn on. It was about nine o'clock, nine yeah. fifteen. I'm like, where's the show? And then there was just these pictures of yeah. the, the buildings and after the first crash. And I yeah. was like, what's going uh, can on? Can you imagine how scary it would have been for our older generation? Because I remember my nan sat me down, like prepared me for World War Three. She was like, this is gonna get real bad. Like my was, nan and granddad telling me like, you know, it would have been real scary for them. I was by myself. Like yeah, when I had just what? moved in with my friend, they were in bed already because they had early shifts and I was by myself. Yeah, and I weird. was like, guys, like there's stuff going on. <laughs> and they're like, okay, go, go yeah. back to sleep. You know, um, look, 2017 artificial intelligence was made. Yeah. You know, know um, yeah. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, but the thing is, though, like, handheld phones and stuff. Mm. Like, you're right. Like, I remember getting my first phone when I was about, I was about 15, 16. Yeah. I think it was more 16. But, um, like, I got my first phone at 16, and it was this Motorola thing, and it was about the size of a a large candy bar. Yeah, actually, I had three mobile, which is the same sort of thing as what a Motorola was, yeah. And And then from there... I went to a Motorola flip phone. Yeah. I had one of these old Razor flip phones. I know the ones, yeah. And then um, I got my Nokia, the 3310 or whatever it was. So, you know, and then now you're looking at, um, you know, the phones that we have now are three times the size of those. Yeah, they are, yeah, exactly. And everything is at at your tips, you know. Um, including self-help and, you know, you could, you can look look that up in a, in a, Literally a tap of a button. Two seconds, exactly. But do we do that? Well, this is the thing. I mean, all of these overstimulations stop us from doing that, I think, potentially. And I think the main thing for us to do, and to wrap it up a little bit, I suppose, is that if you can just at this moment, and if you're getting anything from this episode of changing your mindset, just set your intention over and over and over again. And that's basically what this doctor's telling us to do. So each time you're in a moment when it's tough, Hold yourself, you know, find your, find the place of touch and tell yourself something that you would tell a best friend. Be your best friend. Be your own best friend. Be your own best friend, um, you know, and just, it, like she mentions as well, sometimes that can be a little bit scary to be kind to yourself because, you know, you're not used to it. It's something that you're not actually used to putting into practice. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So, you know, you just need to have that feeling of I am my own best friend in this moment that's really difficult and I'm going to try and do myself, but do my best to give myself some love right now in this moment. And then that, in, 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 in essentially what that's supposed to do is basically put you into a better mindset to be able to have better relationships especially with your children and your immediate family so your partner and so forth by putting that emphasis onto you to have the to have the need right because you wouldn't be a bully to you no you You wouldn't wouldn't be a bully bully to you exactly anybody else but you are your own work. And bully. also she does say that it's a good way to repair old wounds. So if you've got childhood trauma, and I'm sure I'm pretty sure that most kids would, because we're all you know, our parents would. 
we do you know it, it's and, generational and it's, it's generational too. and also it's not something that i think anybody who's from a loving family even such as myself i don't think that there's anything that our parents would have done or our caretakers would have done to intentionally give you childhood trauma but there is going to be stuff that happened because that's all that they were taught well I still I mean I had a very loving family very very I was very lucky we my parents did everything they could to make sure that we were happy we were healthy they they literally packed everything up they sold everything they knew and moved us to Australia when I was twelve. Yeah, where we left everything behind. Which for would a be, life. which would have been traumatic for you because and, you were at the age where you're starting to form relationships and friends and groups. And you know, there's there's lots of research to suggest that that can be extremely traumatic. Yeah. And your parents wouldn't have known that they were doing that. You would. Yeah, well, you know, I, you I mean, know. also when I was a teen, because we moved a lot. Mm. We because we were moving from rental to rental, and then we bought a house. Yeah. So. Um, moving from, I was in three high schools. You know, the first year of high school was six months in one, six months in another. Yeah. And then I moved to a third high school. So that sucked. So basically when Aiden starts his new high school yeah. next year, I intend to keep him in that high school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we talked about I, this. I want him to be there. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is I'm learning from my own traumas, trying to help him not have the same traumas. He's going to have his own stuff yeah. to deal with, but I don't want to pass my own stuff down Exactly. And isn't it going to be lovely if he can be taught to give himself some self-compassion as he's growing up and as he starts to face all of these challenges through life? You know, um, I, I urge anybody who's had an interest in this episode to look at Dr. Kristen F and what she has to say about self-compassion. I mean, I have because... heard some of the kids... Um, mine especially, you know, he's he's gone, I hate myself. Mm. Like, I'm so stupid. And I'm like, why would you say that to yourself? I yeah. would never say that to you. Why are you saying that to yourself? Exactly. And then it clicks and, like, I have spoken to myself like that before. God, exactly. I'm so stupid. What the heck is wrong with me, you know? And then you hear it repeated in their you know their little mouths. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, my God. Exactly. And also, like, she has a website which you can just google it's something like um selfcompassion.org okay so if you google selfcompassion.org that is this dr kristen's website yeah and she's got guided practices that i think kind of help you to stop center and be able to put some of these that we've talked about into practice and goes into a much more broader state of help in finding that self-compassion yeah um and so I would urge anybody who has felt like they would benefit from this to get onto her website. So the moral of today, mm. be kinder to yourself. Be kinder to yourself. Be nice. Be your own best friend. Yeah, you know, and have that intention. Um, repair some of the old wounds because it's a good way to do that. And be patient with yourself because ultimately changing this mindset, I've said before, really is not an easy task no hold yourself give yourself focus allow that struggle be okay um physically and emotionally that you are not in a good state allow yourself to be talking to spoken to as your best friend yes and visit the website to get all of these tips because obviously that's the idea of it for for this for this episode and we'll post the link yes can post the link 100 percent. and then so yeah i've got some more stuff on um that I've gotten from this happy family conference that we'll share with with our listeners. Um, this was just one aspect of it, but one that really hit home for me and one that I think I probably was searching for because yeah. it's definitely helped. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. And, yeah. you know, I think it's really good. Like, we have had so much going on in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we kind of forget to bring it home and worry about what's under Us. our own roof. Internally, like, you know, I was having a conversation with my ex the other day, and he was worrying about things that are out of our control. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "We need to focus on what's under our own roof." Exactly. As well, yes, it's amazing to be compassionate about everybody else and want to help everybody else and stuff, but it comes down to your roots and what's under your own house. Exactly. Under your own roof. And also, you know, keep practicing these things 
of self-compassion and all of the advice that you can get as parenting because ultimately when something works for you and you do get to that point there will be a shift like that's inevitable if you continue to put them intentions you continue to practice whatever it is that you is working for you there will be a shift and so yeah i think we can probably wrap it up on that and um, I've really enjoyed this episode. It's been quite a special yeah. one for me, to be honest. It's been really nice. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you, you know what time it is? I do. Ooh, <laughs> hello. Now, it's going on from, like, self-compassion, and then we're just going to, like, totally rip, rip someone. someone <laughs> Gosh. Uh, I don't know. This one. Okay. This one's the one I've... So, what I do is I go through and I will read all of these different ones from you know, um, sites from cheese, um, cheeseburger and pupperish and things like that. And basically, I don't even Google, know these sites, if Google, I'm honest. <laughs> the, the algorithm knows now because it just yeah. suggests these pages. I know, because you like search them so much, right? Like, yes. <laughs> okay, so am I the bell end for refusing to take 50% custody of my children? Refusing to take 50%? Yes. Okay. Okay. This is a mum. Yeah. Okay. I know the title makes me sound like a bell end, but mm-hmm. hear me out. I am a 35-year-old female and right. have three children with my ex-boyfriend, 37 male. Mm-hmm. We have had 50-50 custody since our last daughter, who is now seven. June of 2021, he asked for 100% custody, and of course I refused. He threatened me, saying that he would get it anyway. That Sunday when I got them for my week, my children were angry and accused me of kidnapping them from their father. That whole week, they were too much. So, you know what? I gave him 100% custody while agreeing to pay child support. It was summer. So, of course, they were having lots of fun. Again, America. So, they have the big summer break. Um, It was summer. So, of course, they were having lots of fun. And since his new girlfriend sadly can't have children, it was a perfect situation for them. Well, I moved out of the house, got an apartment where I could easily pay rent. So she gave up her big house that she had the kids For with. the kids, yeah. Um, so she's got a small apartment mm-hmm. where I could easily pay rent and began living my best life. It got kind of lonely, but I reminded myself it was just me and I am now free to do anything I want. She's giving herself self-compassion. Self-compassion. Well, once school started, problems started to arise at their mm-hmm. house. He did not know what to do when it came to school because I covered all of it. I gave him a binder with everything he would need to know and Sounds do. Sounds like something you'd do. <laughs> yeah. Well, since um, oh gosh. Well, since January, my kids and my ex have now been begging for me to go back to 50-50 custody and I've refused every time. His reasons are that they can't have, he can't have bedtime with them in the house. They can't have bedtime. His reasons are, one, they can't have bedtime with them in the house. Two, working with school for grades is too complicated. Three, he can't discipline them. Four, they expect an allowance. Five, he's sorry for threatening me. If they expect an allowance. She's paying him child support. Pay it out of that. Yeah. Yeah? Um, I still refused and told them that they made their choice. Now they have to live with it. Well, he told my family, and I'm now getting messages from everyone for not taking the kids back. So am I the bell end? How old are the kids again? Um, between 7 and 15, I think. Um, um, she says, edit, a lot of you think I should see them on weekends and try and build the relationships before going back to 50-50. I think yeah. I will try that. But and thank you advice. to the others who said I am the bell end and a reason why. Um, I know I need to put my kids first. Um Someone commented saying one of these kids is seven and didn't want to be with their mum, so she gave up custody, moved, and started a new life after a week. Yeah, I mean, it, let's be fair. It's very dramatic move, isn't it? Like, yeah. oh, well, you know what? And I wouldn't be able to do something like that. But someone said, look, that's so easy to say. However, you don't know yeah. the fear of being accused of child abuse in a contentious, I know, kidnapping, in a contentious divorce situation. It is literally safer for the mom to back off instead of risking something permanent like an official accusation of kidnapping. Yeah. All it takes is a seven-year-old to repeat it to a teacher in front of a babysitter or a shop clerk. Boom, authorities involved. Yeah, they do. The ex created a super effed up and dangerous situation for OP 
I know you want there to be a magic situation, but sometimes when kids are involved, the best parenting decisions revolve around harm reduction. Harm reduction. And also as well, I think that's a super complicated situation, isn't it? Because it sounds as though originally she was like, no way, no way would I give you yeah. 100%. And then obviously it escalated. Well, he was um, obviously poisoning the kids again. Well, I was about to say well. brainwashing because yes. that does happen, doesn't it? Yeah. So the kids likely were brainwashed. And I mean, seven is such a young age when I think of like how young that is. And then you've got a whole different category of like, you know, what happens when you get into them teenage years. I dread to think we get, we're just but it's, approaching them, but not there yet. Oh, but it's but, too hard. I can't discipline them and I can't. Well, welcome to parenting. Them, yeah, welcome to being a dad. Like, <laughs> Perhaps he should start Christ. putting in some self-compassion and see how far he gets. Yeah, and the thing but, is, though, it's all be, all great being a fun dad, but when you've actually got to buckle down, and, and even yeah. this is for both parents, it's all good being the fun parent, I think but the, when you have to buckle down and actually do shit, like it's hard, you just made a rod for your back. Yeah, for me, the whole situation sounds as if it should never have really happened in the first place yeah well someone says here the kidnapping accusation could have cost her her job and her freedom if the ex called the police false allegations or not could have destroyed her entire life i would have backed off too then waited for dad to screw up and get them back yeah now a lot of people are saying that these poor kids sense of security is shot apparently you know obviously she can't take them back now because she's downgraded the house she doesn't have the big house anymore she's only got a one bedroom Mm. um but yeah the official the official um, judgment was that everybody sucks here. The yeah. dad from doing what he did, but the mum from moving on yeah. so quickly. And also, I'm challenged with the kidnapping statement because she had 50, 50% custody. So there's no, really, how could she have a kidnapping? You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's just a challenging sort of like thought that I've got. But yeah, I think that, that all round, it seems a very overreactive, situation I, mean, I can see where she's coming from like if i was being accused of my kids like withholding my kids i'd be incredibly upset but i couldn't move on that quickly no way no but this is the thing isn't it it's like self i guess it all could go back to what we've just done an episode on it isn't it yeah you know well she needed the time she's, yeah she's planning on getting them back yeah it's just she's letting giving the dad the rope to hang himself with yeah you know um, Silly sod. But, yeah, so <laughs> I, um, I do think she's not the bell end, but I think everybody does suck. I think I'll agree with you on that one. It's a really, like, just overreactive situation. Again, I want to see a picture of the family. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, dying to put faces to these to these am I the bell end sometimes. But also don't forget the new girlfriend in the situation. All yeah. of a sudden she's just had three kids jumped on her. Oh, and I bet you, I bet you any money he wants her to pick up where the wife, the ex-wife left mm, off. And she's like, don't think so. And he's like, damn, this ain't <laughs> So, um, yeah, that was our episode for today. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, me too. And, um, yeah, we'll get more into some other things later. And, um Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll um, look forward to giving you more of our found findings on the um, happy parenting the, the course that we've done. All right. Bye. All right. Thanks, Mum. Bye. Thank you for listening, guys. You can find us on all the socials, including Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search for Coffee with Kathy and Claire and make sure that you follow and subscribe. Love you all. Bye. Bye.